For today's podcast, I am talking with Shiva Avtar, a human growth facilitator and passionate student of optimal relationships, as well as Kundalini yoga teacher located right now in the Boulder, Colorado area. And we are going to be talking about being present, being vulnerable, and being authentic in relationships in today's discussion. This is a conversation that was recorded earlier this year when I did a little intensive session available for my community called Reset Stress to De-Stress. And so the audio quality might not be quite up to standard, but there are so many wonderful treasures in this conversation. I just had to bring it out of the archives and make it available to you. So we're going to be talking about how healthy relationships come from vulnerability and creating a safe space and how powerful it is to be able to hold space for each other in conflict. So please enjoy this conversation. Hope you enjoy. Living in a stressful world doesn't mean you have to give up on happiness. Instead, you can shift your perspective of stress and discover how to live your life in flow. Welcome to Happified. I'm your host, Susie Vine. Join me for inspiration and interviews with folks who are shining their light in the world in the areas of positive mindset, health, and wellness. I'm so happy to have you here. All right, I'm so happy to have with me today for our interview, Shiva Avtar, who is a human growth facilitator and yoga teacher. Well, the reason that I really wanted to connect with Shiva and bring his insights and wisdoms in today is because he's passionate about fostering healthy relationship with ourselves and interpersonally in all of the relationships that we cultivate. So I'm so excited to see where this conversation leads us today. Thank you Me for joining too. us. Yeah, I'm really excited too. Thank you, Susie. Happy to be here. Thanks. So in the work that you do, in the growth that you've experienced, because I know in, in conversations as we've known each other, our passion arises from personal experience. So what is it about relationship that makes you want to share this with everybody? What are these insights that are just brimming? Yeah, well, I think the very first thing that comes up for me is um, the pain of being in relationship and feeling lost or limited or just confused um, by not having any real tools to use, like practical tools. I, I spent years in a marriage that uh, we both cared for each other deeply. Um, we were better friends than we were significant others. Um, and it wasn't for lack of desire or lack of trying, but um, from my end of the relationship, I, I was really confused. Um, I watched my parents in their relationship and had a lot of, you know, um, um, tortured messages, I guess, uh, watching my parents struggle and eventually divorce. And I think um, I was repeating a lot of their same issues in my adult marriage, uh, my marriage as an adult. So, um, yeah, I think pain's my number one motivator. I don't want anyone else to suffer needlessly. Um, and then I, on the other end of that spectrum, just knowing the possibilities in connection, um, that really um, excites me. Um, I've, I've felt it, I've, you know, danced around it. And, uh, you know, I, I think 
knowing that we are hardwired for connection as human beings, uh, that but what that brings up for me is just uh, endless possibilities of what we can do when we're in those those relationships that resonate, that are about growth and development. And um, it's, I think it's, it's just a beautiful place to come from. I agree. And, and personally, having not been married for a very long time compared to some standards, um, I married my husband seven years ago, but I know through my own process of growing and self-examination, it's really influenced the way that the two of us communicate. And so it's really been helpful because as much as we, we are a product of, of what we grow up seeing and what is modeled for us, and sometimes we kind of reactionarily say, I won't be that. And just by having that, like I'm not gonna go there, we're still kind of putting that illustration in our story right? Instead of really getting to the root of it. Why doesn't that work? Why isn't that successful? So it's really helpful to get perspective and to keep checking back in. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, so how do you, how do you see relationship? And, and I believe, um, as we were saying earlier, it's not only in romantic relationships, but it's all the interpersonal connections that we have. How do you think we can foster, um, healthier connection yeah the, I think the the biggest um, takeaway for me has been about around vulnerability uh, whether it's an intimate relationship or child parent or any relationship business um, with clients etc fellow employees just realizing that um, when I lower my shield or take a wall down around uh, who I am and share some part of me or come to a relationship leading with vulnerability, that can really change the outcome of things. I'm not, I don't personally have children, but watching other people who have children who come to them with vulnerability and not uh, a hierarchical thinking um, I think that is where we're changing as a species, but for me, vulnerability uh, and the teachings of Brene Brown and her research on vulnerability has really helped me in my relationships and in seeing other people for who they are, but also like what they're dealing with. So I think uh, when we approach each other, when we can, and it doesn't have to be a big deal. It can just be as easy as saying, um, hey, Susie, uh, yesterday when you said this, I felt this way. You know, having those I statements, not shaming or blaming people. And that can work, I think, on just about any relationship. Because when I share something that's vulnerable about myself with you, then that's giving you a space to be vulnerable with me. Or at, at the very least, you can see me in a little more uh, softer way. Not that you don't, but, you know, in, if we're having conflict, which conflict, there's no way out of it. You know, conf, it's not if, it's when. Conflicts will come up in all relationships. So how are we going to approach them? And so vulnerability being open about 
what we're experiencing, as hard as it is. And for a lot of us, we don't even know what that means. Uh, so for the people in your workshop, I highly recommend any book by Brene Brown. Um, and she talks about things like staying in the fire, um, you know, when things are hot, not, not like in a combatant way, but just when we're just in discomfort in a conflict or in a situation with another person to, to know that on the other side of that conflict is something really soft and beautiful and something we can grow together. Now, of course it takes two people and typically in conflict. And I, I didn't mean to go into conflict, but that's where we are <laughs> uh, because that seems to be the biggest thing that hurts our relationships is when two people can't see eye to eye. When we can stick in the discomfort, really we're, we're building the resiliency of connection. And that's, that's not easy to do. It's challenging, but it's super rewarding. And I, again, what comes to my mind is like a parent-child relationship. Usually the parent is the more resourced one and they can hold space for their children when they're struggling. And so I think as weird as this might sound, when we're in other relationships, we're often can find ourselves in a parenting role, not in a, uh, you know, in a codependent way, but just in a way like if another, if you and I are in a conflict and you're spun out and blown out and I'm not as much, then I need to hold space for you. And maybe we just need a time out and I just need to approach you. Hey, Susie, I can see you're, you know, you're having a hard time right now. How about we talk in an hour? And then when we step away from that and our nervous systems can turn down, then we can come back in an hour because we care about each other. And that's what this is about. It's not about shame or blame. It's just about what do we need to do right now to resolve this conflict? It might take, it might not get resolved, you know, exactly the way we want it to be in the next hour, but when we start planting those kinds of seeds where we're uh, coming to things in a conscious, uh, heart-centered way, it's, what can come out of that is really amazing. Yes, and I love that you're bringing up the points of staying present, because um, that's definitely something I've been touching back to this week and, and being curious as well. And you can do that in relationship, even in these difficult conversations. If you can just catch that, that opportunity to pause and be curious, why are they so triggered? How can I help us come back to the conversation, right? Anything to keep that engagement because reflexively and being Midwestern where stoicism was, you know, prized, you know, we tend to withdraw, like this is getting challenging, this is getting confrontational. I'm going to shut down because I can't go where this seems to be moving. And it's such a beautiful point that you're making that it doesn't have to, the fire isn't about getting burned. It's about staying in that test and staying present so that you can stay open and get the lessons that are coming from this instead of missing that opportunity and having to start from even further back next time you find yourself in that similar situation. Right, right. I'm someone who's very conflict avoidant. Um, so just the fact that uh, I can look back 
you know, 10 or 15 years at the way I was navigating my life and really hiding from any form of conflict and um, knowing that 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 was hurting me the whole time. And, um, you know, for a lot of us, we're people pleasers as well. So we might have this fantasy like, well, if I just tiptoe around everything, I can avoid conflict and make other people happy. Well, that was a fantasy of mine and I tried to make it work and it never worked. And I wound up being miserable from it and not really connecting on an authentic level with people. So that earlier when I was talking about pain, that was part of the pain was just, I wasn't connected to myself and that then that prevented me from uh, connecting with other people too. So I think we all have, we're all going to bring some kind of baggage to our relationships. And it's just about, well, well, you know, stepping away from that and just wondering and trying to figure out what, what do I really want in my life and how do I want the people I care about? How do I want them to see me or even feel me on a, you know, on a relationship level? We're hardwired for connection. And uh, one of, one of the teachers of that, his name's Stan Tatkin. Uh, his book's called Wired for Connection. And uh, it's a beautiful book. Um, I highly recommend that for, your, for uh, the people you're working with as well. That, that book helped me a lot. Um, but, but one more thing that comes to mind is that when, when we are feeling the discomfort in those moments, Another thing that's happening for us, and maybe for some of us, we can relate to like when things get rocky in a conversation and suddenly we can't even connect our thoughts. A lot of times we're going into this neurology where our brain's going into the fight or flight mode. And in that, when we're triggered like that, we're not going to be able to make any kind of headway. So that's where those timeouts come in super handy it's just it's gonna it takes practice the only way to learn this is to go through it and so you know having again having the ability the capability to let someone else know even if it's your child hey right now i love you and i just can't do this with you and i'm gonna i'm gonna be back i'm, I'm just gonna go take a break if it's your child or your partner or even a coworker or a client that's that vulnerability I'm talking about, letting other people know what's going on for you in a given moment. Yeah, Challenge. and that just feels, it is challenging, I, definitely. And that feels so empowering in your example. If you're talking with a child and you realize you're reaching that threshold and you're able to say, to take that pause and say, I need a timeout right now and we're going to come back to this because I want to be able to communicate with you, right? How powerful is that for a child to see, oh, it's not just about me being put in timeout. Like it's not a punishment. It is a way to make space, to think, to pause. Like that totally transforms that tool into a tool instead of a punishment. Yes. Yeah, exactly. I know I need to take some timeouts. <laughs> oh, we all do. We're all in this together. We all do. And, and, and that's something that I've really been trying to illustrate to your point. Like it takes practice and we can't put these tools into use for the first time or the third time when we're in the fire 
you have to be practicing that vulnerability, taking that pause and being curious about why feelings are being stirred up before we're in the heat of a situation where we are kicked back into that amygdala and whatever habits and, you know, anything we've been cultivating, we really have to work to bring ourselves back into that, yeah. you know, because we're wired to react in moments of stress like that. It's true. So we can lay the groundwork for that, those moments where we can take the timeouts. One of the ways to lay the groundwork is just letting those people in your life know how much you appreciate them in those times when you aren't triggered, but you're present and you can tell them something real about, hey, you know what, I, here's one thing I really love about you, or whatever, and plant those seeds of compassion and connection and love. Then when, when I'm triggered, that can be in the background as well. I know this person loves me, and I know I don't, you know, the other person can be saying, like if I'm spun out, well, I know he loves me, something's going on for him and maybe they can be resourced in that moment because they know how much I love them. But I had to plant those seeds, you know, months and years ago. So, you know, for a couple, like an intimate couple, a partnership, a good way to do lay some groundwork for these, when these other uncomfortable moments come is to have a daily ritual. Maybe that's first thing in the morning when they're having tea or coffee together, just spending, you know, five, 10, 15 minutes together, just connecting, being present with each other. Or maybe it's at the end of the day, they can share their day together, but having that priority time of a ritual that no one else gets that time except you and I. Um, and that can be a parent and a child too. Um, but those, you know, especially when we're at, you know, staying at home during this virus, we're in each other's space and we're not used to that. So this might be a good time to start those rituals. And then that way, when I've taken time to connect with you and we've done our ritual and I can connect with myself in my own ritual, whatever that is, meditating, yoga, taking the dog on a walk, we all need our time individually but also collectively but that's building uh, the interdependency as well where we can come together connect and then go apart and then that builds a desire hey i want to come back together later and connect again so we're we're in relationship we're out of it and we're still connected we still know i'm i'm safe with that person and if i'm spun out i know they're going to soothe me I know they'll support me, and I feel seen with them. Those four S's, safe, seen, soothed, and supported. That's a big game changer. And I learned that one from a, a guy named Jason Gaddis. I took his, uh, I studied with him. The school's called the Relationship School. I'm plugging them, but I don't get anything from them. You know, this is just <laughs> a personal thing that helped me advance a lot in, in relationship skills. Yeah, and I think I think it's really important to to recognize too, like it is something to continue coming back to, to continue looking at what can we improve, how can we make this better. I can't tell you how many times I'm I'm watching TV or I'm reading a book, and you just you see the crisis form because people just aren't communicating. Yeah. And it's not even a conversation that shouldn't happen or can't happen, but you know, to build that dramatic tension. 
this yeah. is withheld. And in life, that's so much the case too. I mean, life can be stranger than fiction. You know, those little things that we feel like it doesn't matter or this person can't handle that or I'll protect them by being the stronger person. I don't need to put that on them. As you said before, you're not really giving them the opportunity to know you completely and to accept you on all levels, which is so much more powerful. Yeah. Yeah. And we all, we all have our warts and, you know, ugly parts are the, we might even judge as being ugly, but really those things that make us human, those quirks and let's face it, we're all irritating on some level. You know, if I, if I had to spend eight hours with me, I'd find something that was irritating <laughs> about me. Um, so just, you know, realizing those things and letting go of any kind of fantasy that the media has presented around what a relationship should look like. It, we're human beings. There's going to be ugly things. And that's okay. You know, we can accept the, the shadow side and the light side. None of us are perfect. We all come from families that have their own baggage as well. So when I'm in a relationship with someone, hopefully I can realize too, like if someone's acting out, I don't know why. And it might, they might not even know why either. So just having some compassion for people too is a, is a good place to come from. And we could all use that right now, now and going forward. Right. I really, uh, that's what I hope we can take out of this experience, this pause that we've been placed in is um, building some of these practices, this foundation that can continue to serve us moving forward that maybe we've never made the time or created the space before. So even though it, it might feel more hectic if you're working from home, I hear people are working in, in the U.S. like an average of three hours more a day if they're working from home, right? You know, and their yeah. employers might be putting stress on them. So being present and carving out that time for self and respecting your own needs is so important so that we yeah. can grow from this. Yes. And I'm a firm believer that nothing is a coincidence. The, the people that come into our lives are there to help us grow. And if it's an intimate relationship, usually we've attracted that person into our life to help us heal some old childhood wounds. And we're carry, all of us carry around this inner child. And uh, working with you, Susie, with the um, plant essences, um, you know, you address that in your work in many different ways as well. And all of us, you know, would really do well to, to tap into that inner child. Uh, that's a whole nother interview, I'm sure. But <laughs> I think about that a lot, you know, especially when uh, someone else in front of me is uh, not being kind or not being compassionate, um, trying to stay open to, okay, well, this, this has nothing to do with me, actually. And that's a good tool to keep in mind, too, in our toolbox of relationship skills is most of the time I should not be taking anything someone else does personally, even though I want to. And many times I do, and that never benefits me in the long run. So, yeah, we're talking about, you know, elevated thinking often here and talking about, you know, self-actualization, big, big things. But um we just take it a step at a time each day, try to do better, try to love more, try to be present more. It's definitely doable, but 
yeah, this is a lifelong process we're talking about. And it's so, so worth it. I'm so much happier than I was, you know, 10, even five years ago, because I, I try to do these things each day that I'm speaking of. And some days I do good and some days I don't, but I don't judge myself. I just get up the next day and, and try my best. Keep on coming back to it. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. I know we could, we could go on all day. We might have to do another series when we can go deeper into some other topics, but I want to thank yeah. you for your time and making yourself available and sharing these brilliant insights because I think there's so many different things um, that people can take from this. And as I've said with other resources, like you can come back to it another time and listen to it and find another completely different thing. It didn't speak to you the first time, but it's what you need right now. So I love having this available so people can take what they need, what's going to serve them and benefit. Yeah, yeah it's my joy. I'm so stoked to be a, a part of this with you. Thank you so much. I look forward to more collaboration. Yeah, me too, Susie. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in today. Check out the show notes for any links we mentioned. To learn more about living life with less stress and more flow, visit happifiedlife.com. And if you found value in today's episode, make sure you subscribe to catch the next one and leave a review to help fellow pod surfers find Happified. Until next time, keep on shining.